0: Welcome back to Gunkle Waylon's Place. I'm your Gunkle Waylon. If you don't know what that means, that means I'm your gay uncle. Um, some of y'all might have met me last week when I was ranting and raving in episode one, and some of y'all might just be stumbling onto me now, but either way, I'm just real happy you're here. Oh, how are y'all doing out there? We got through Thanksgiving over here. Guess we're doing all right. It was, it was pretty good, for the most part. Um... My husband Bill, he and I have been together for 17 years now and been married for six. We drove up to Oklahoma to visit his family. Um, Anyway, we weren't there even 20 minutes before I would managed to piss off his aunt. Now I'm sure y'all realize after my rant in episode one that I'm pretty progressive gay. I'm also a loud gay loud runs in my family i was an adult before i realized that not everyone's family was loud and honestly it was a bit of a shock but that's topic for another day anyway i got onto the subject of texas's asshole in charge greg abbott and honestly i can't stand him and my mother-in-law and i got to taking jabs at the man we're both pissed he got reelected. I swear between him and Cancun Cruz, this state's Republicans think that incompetence is a sign of natural leadership ability. Anyway, as a former of my manager of mine used to say, I don't blame you, I blame the school system. If y'all want to see real incompetence in action, check out the Texas School Board sometime. Anyway, we weren't even involving Bill's aunt in our conversation. I didn't address her. I didn't speak to her. But all of a sudden, she's acting huffy and leaves the broom. I look at Bonnie, and she just shook her head and said she's mad because you're bad-mouthing Abbott. Oh, really? First of all, this woman doesn't even live in Texas. And while I realize that that doesn't mean that she can't have opinions on the state of things here, the first thing... In the first place, the fact that she's offended that I think my governor is a tyrant with a short man complex who hates my guts solely because I'm gay blows my mind. I should also mention that also that this happened after she was fawning all over my husband, talking about how much she loved him and how much he meant to her. But you know the way these people are. Now, I love you to your face, but I'm going to vote against your interests behind your back. That's okay, though, I guess. They're voting against their own interests, too. I will never understand women who vote conservative in this country. I'm not trying to tell y'all y'all are wrong. I'm just trying to say maybe you should have examined the platform a little more closely before you go building your house there. Anyway, that brings me to this week's topic, which is Gunko Wayland's tips for surviving a holiday with your conservative family, it's a real sensitive subject around here. I've had a lot of bad holidays. I have had holidays that were downright insulting to me and to my husband. I will never forget one Christmas we all got together, me and my mom and dad and... My brothers and their wives and kids, and Bill was there with me, of course, because it's the holidays, and why wouldn't we all get together? Why wouldn't we all spend time together? So we get to, we have our food, and it's time to pass out the presents and everything, and Bill gets down, starts helping pass out the presents to everybody. Well, it's not until he's done that I realize that nobody in that house had bought my husband a, a, a Christmas present. They just completely ignored his presence. And it wasn't like this was the first year that he and I were together. We'd been together for several years at this point. My mother and my ex-sister-in-law were hiding around the corner. They knew what they'd done. They knew how insulting it was, and they knew what they were saying without saying it. My husband left that day with me, and I told him he never had to go to another holiday again with my family if he didn't want to. Things have gotten better since then. I mean, they didn't come to our wedding. Because God forbid somebody from the church find out they went to a gay wedding. Even though they went to all seven of my uncle's weddings, but you know. One sin's not as bad as the other. Anyway... I digress, as I usually do. Some of y'all are going to figure out real quick that I take the long way to tell a story. But anyway, I just wanted to talk to y'all and give y'all some of the survival tips that I've learned over the years. Kind of helped me get through some holidays, some rough times, Sometimes when I'm sitting in a family get-together, whether it be a reunion or Christmas lunch or whatever, when I really just feel like I don't belong there so first up I want y'all to make sure before you even step foot in whoever's house you're going to that you are prepared for anything now you grew up in this family you know how they think feel act and talk you know what they're going to say and how they're going to say it and I've always figured you've had two options when grandma hits you with a zinger over the dinner table or your uncle or aunt corners you after lunch if, to see if you're living right yet first you can ignore it you can move on or second you can just turn it on them Go for the jugular, kids. No, I don't mean to physically harm them, but you gotta remember that they installed the triggers in you that you deal with on a daily basis, and that they love to manipulate you with. They were telling on themselves when they did it, though. The one thing I know about my community is that we watch people. We observe. We know things about them that they don't even know about themselves. Use that shit. Sure, it's hidden below the belt, but if they're not fighting fair, why should you? I found out that when they use religion against me specifically, I pull out the fact that we're all sitting around taking part in pagan celebrations co-opted by Christianity and get the ball rolling by talking about Attis, a Phrygian god who was born of a virgin and was eventually slain but rose again on the third day. All's fair in love and war, kids. You just remember that. Now, I know half of y'all went through a mythology phase at some point in your life, so put that shit to good use and turn it on them the next time they try to get snarky with you about religion. Next, and this is real important, use the buddy system. You might feel like you're the black sheep of your family, but I assure you there's at least one more of you in the ranks. Now, they might not be queer, they might be on the outskirts for a different reason, they might just see everybody's bullshit for what it is. But they are, and can be, your best ally in a situation like this. I have a cousin, his name is Cody. I love that man. He's the kind of person that I know I could call on, and he'd do anything he could to help me. Cody and I used to call each other before family reunions. Hey, you going this weekend? If the answer was yes, we'd both go. If it was no, the other would find a reason not to be there, too. When he got married a few years back, I was the only family member outside of his immediate family who was invited to that wedding. I love that. I love him. I love the support that he's given me over the years and how he's helped me through some of those family get-togethers. And I love... That I'm the only one that could brag on how beautiful his bride was and how handsome he was on his wedding day because I saw it first hand. Third and again not so easy set boundaries. This is really, really difficult, and and believe me, I know, because I've been there. Back when my family first found out I was gay, my grandmother loved to ask me questions like, when are you going to find a girl and get married? She did this specifically to try to embarrass me and harass me. In the world of button pushers, she was Olympic level. Holidays and Family get-togethers became an exercise in passive-aggressive endurance until I finally put my foot down. I told my mom that the next time she started in on me, I was leaving. She didn't believe it, and I know she didn't say anything to my grandmother about it. We just finished up lunch on Christmas when she started. I looked from her to my mom and back again before I stood up and gave the standard, well, I gotta get going. I was out that door so fast, y'all. I didn't stay for presents. I didn't stay to see my cousins. I didn't stay to talk and have a good time. I went home. I'm not going to lie. I did quite a bit of crying that day. But you know what? Ultimately, I felt better because I had stood up for myself. I had set a boundary and I had followed through. After that year, I started holding what I called orphan Christmases at my house. If someone didn't feel safe going home, or if they didn't, feel fa- didn't have family they could spend time with, they could come to my house. I'd cook lunch, and we'd just hang out, watch movies. No pressure, no drama, just a good time. Those only lasted a few years, but part of me misses them a lot. And Every once in a while, I think about starting them back up again. Number four... You are under no obligation to acknowledge or visit abusive family. If you don't feel safe with them, if you don't feel respected, if you know you're just going to walk away from there feeling like shit, I urge you to skip the family gathering altogether. Talk to your chosen family. Those people that are there for you no matter what. I guarantee you're not the only one in that place. Y'all make a day of it. Start your own traditions. Do white elephant gifts. Eat junk food, watch movies, dance like idiots in the living room. Whatever you gotta do. Make the Yuletide gay as fuck. Make the holiday whatever you want it to be. It may be some of the best holidays you ever have in your life. Number five. Know who you are and what you can do. If you're ready to wade into combative waters with families this holiday season, you have my blessing. If you don't, or if you don't feel safe doing it, but you can't get out of seeing them, then by all means, don't get confrontational if you can help it. But, and I cannot stress this enough, you are not in any shape, form, or fashion required to love your family. Hell, you're not even required to like them. I will never forget sitting with my therapist one time back in my 20s when I was coming out and trying to deal with who I was and what my family thought about who I was and the things that they'd said to me. I looked my therapist in the eye one day and I said, You know what? If I saw my family walking down the the street, I wouldn't like them. I wouldn't have anything to do with them. I'd probably cross the street to avoid them. He called that a breakthrough i just figured we needed more sessions but it worked it was the beginning of a whole different kind of understanding for me of family dynamics you are not required to take part in your own abuse you are not required to submit to your abuser if you need to take a little time go for a walk Go lock yourself in the bathroom and have a good cry. Hell, take a little run to the store and just scream in your car for a little while. Hey, it worked for me a couple of times. Just do whatever you have to do, baby, to feel better. Cause you know I love you and you know I'm rooting for you. All I want for all my nieces and nephews out there and all my queer family is for you to be safe this holiday season, whatever that looks like for you. I want you to know that you have <clears throat> my love and support. You have my husband's love and support. Y'all know I'm here for you. You can email me, reach out to me, talk to me, ask me questions, whatever. As always, my email will be in the description on this podcast episode, so you just email me anytime. And until next time, I hope y'all are staying safe out there. I hope you're having the be- being the best you can be. Remember to drink your water, eat your vegetables, and y'all drop by to see me anytime. Love you. Hey y'all, as a little bonus, I was uh, thinking about this week's topic and thinking about family and all the drama that goes with family and the way that, I don't know, especially in the South, I know it happens elsewhere too, but especially here in the South, here in the States, religion gets used a lot against us when we come out it gets used a lot against us when we're um, first coming out especially now i've been uh working on writing a memoir uh it's called altered and it's about my journey from religion the the religion that i was brought up in and um I don't know, I just, as I was ending recording today, I just thought, since I had already talked about my grandmother, I might share a little story with y'all that I had written about in the memoir. So, I'm going to read that off here, and uh, I don't know, maybe it'll hit home for y'all too, the, the way it did for me. But, this is from a chapter titled Letters from Home, and like I said, I just... I thought I'd share it with you all now. Um, A month or so later I was having a smoke with one of my roommates when the mail arrived. I was shocked to find that I had a letter. I was even more shocked when I realized it was from my maternal grandmother, my granny. She lived across the road from my parents. Sending a letter seemed weird. They didn't live that far away. I opened it half hoping she might have sent a little cash. I just moved out for the first time, after all. Would have been nice. I pulled out several folded pages. The first was handwritten by her. I don't remember everything, but one passage stands out in my mind even now. Remember how scared you were when that man threatened you? Think of what might happen now. I'll explain. A couple of years before, when I was still trying to date a woman, still trying to be the straight son and grandson that they had always wanted me to be, I was walking to my car on campus one afternoon when a dude drove by in the parking lot and began whistling and hurling slurs at me. I was terrified. I walked to my car as quickly as I could, got in, and drove away. I was afraid he was going to hurt me. A couple of days later... My then-girlfriend helped me stake out the parking lot, and when I saw the guy park his truck, she walked over and wrote down his license plate number. I filed a report with the campus police, and he was informed that if he did anything like that again, he'd be kicked out of the university. I had told my parents about it, and obviously they had shared the story with my granny. Now she was back to remind me of that fear and to let me know that it could be worse. That wasn't the showstopper of this particular letter, however. The rest of the pages were ripped right out of the Bible, with passages highlighted for me to read. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13. If a man also lie with mankind, as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death, and their blood shall be upon them. You didn't think we'd make it through this whole book without, quote, without a quote from Leviticus, did you?" I was shocked. Actually, I was surprised more than just the fact that my grandmother had just said I should be killed by, because I was gay. What surprised me most was her method of delivery. My grandmother believed that the Bible was sacred. One of the few times she and I argued was when she said she didn't see it, want to see any of the version of the Bible other than the King James. Her argument was that the Bible said not even a comma should be changed in the text, nor could it be until Jesus returned. Now, this is an old fundamentalist reading of scripture from the book of Matthew, which says, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one little, uh, one tittle shall in no wise be passed from the law till all be fulfilled. I told her the only way to read the word unchanged is a learned Greek and Aramaic and Hebrew. The word jot in the passage comes from iota, which is the smallest letter in the Greek alphabet. The passage means that the divine law given to Moses would not change until the earth was unmade. She wouldn't hear it. So far as she was concerned, King James had it all right. The fact that I was holding pages in my hand that she had forcefully torn from the Bible showed me exactly how hurt she was. I didn't talk to her for a long time after that. When I did, eventually, she would take at least one opportunity every time I visited to ask when I was gonna find a nice girl and get married. She was shaming me, and it worked every time. I wish I could say this was a one-time thing, but I have received many such letters over the years. Not from my grandmother, mind you, but other, quote, well-meaning family members have all stepped up to the plate at one time or another. Just this year, I received a series of handwritten cards from a somewhat distant cousin reminding me that hell was hot and I didn't want to go there. I mean, I haven't forgotten what they all believe. No reminders are needed, thanks. I actually prefer that to when they say it to my face, however. None of them have the good sense to realize they've chosen the exact wrong moment to have that discussion, but my aunt takes the cake. When my father's mother passed away, one of my mom's brothers and his wife also attended the funeral. At the graveside service, my aunt stepped next to me. We stood there in silence for a moment, and then she turned. You know, it'd be a terrible thing if you never got to see your grandmother again because you didn't go to heaven. Any time is the right time to seek salvation. I seriously considered pushing her into the freshly dug grave, but I wouldn't disrespect my grandmother that way. I suppose what I'm saying is that cutting ties with the past and with the religion I was raised in was not easy. It is something that continues, and whenever I feel I've gotten them all, I find some knotted thread drawing me back to the past. so I just wanted to share that little passage with you all just something for y'all to think on too and um, if you enjoyed that let me know I might uh, record some other passages for you as I get ready to put this out into the world and try to get it published Um, I'd love to hear from you all Uh, as I said you can find my um, email down in the uh, descriptions y'all reach out to me anytime you know your Gunko Whalen loves you Bye now.